42 Days ethos is to build solutions for hospitality businesses to retain and develop their team. We believe that the first 42 days, the first six weeks of someone's employment in any industry, but especially the world of hospitality, is so competitive, fast-paced and intense. We have an opportunity to reshape that narrative. Our team has extensive experience in the hospitality industry, so we know what it takes to keep your team happy and engaged. We'll work with you every step of the way to create a plan that works best for your business. Go to 42days.co to book a consultation. to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight-talking, ethically-minded, and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now with today's podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to this last episode of the year. And as we reflect on the year just gone and look forward to 2023, it's always a great time to reflect on the things that are working well and maybe the things that need addressing with inside our venues. Open Table are Australia's most visited dining reservation site with over 1 million visitors each month. So I felt a perfect time to speak about how they're seeing the industry and what their plans are for next year. So with that, we're excited to talk with Drew Bowring, the Senior Director of Restaurant Sales and Services in APAC for OpenTable as we discuss how to maximize your revenue in venue. How did it come to be that you came to work for OpenTable here in Australia? Yeah, it's I actually don't have the same kind of journey that many people have had. I've been in the broader hospitality umbrella for quite a long time. Straight out of university, I went into IT. I quickly realized it wasn't the that say I wanted something a little bit more human, a little bit more relationship <laughs> focused. And I was big into relationship building in the workplace at that stage, really partnering with people to understand their business. And I love traveling as well. A friend of mine said, look, come and work for us. We've got a tour operator. And I turned up being product manager for the Greek islands. And I was immediately thrust into these intense, beautiful conversations with hoteliers on Corfu who were talking about the history and the passion that they got behind their business and asking how we might be able to empower them to bring more guests so they could experience that warmth. That's how the hospo bug bit me on the travel side of things. And this was post.com bust stage, early 2000s, mid-2000s, where I saw an opportunity to develop my career and actually be more relevant for the partners that I was in service of by going more to the tech side of things which is when I turned my attention to online travel and I ended up at Expedia. And in a blink, I was there for 14 years, the UK, Australia, spent some time in the US, focused always on building those partnerships and and trying to empower our partners to navigate the digital kind of revolution that was happening over over that period of time. And then earlier this year, I had this opportunity to broaden my hospitality experience. I've always had a thing about restaurants. I'm not unique in this sense at all, but I've always loved the poignancy of restaurants where life's greatest moments happen when you're breaking bread. Yeah. I think to 
my wedding and my wife will forgive me, I hope, in saying one of the most memorable things about the wedding was the meal afterwards. We were at Ripples in Well Beach, as it was at the time. And just the memories that come from that and the vision of people enjoying themselves, there's something I think that's baked into our evolution, the human race, as to the importance of that moment. And I've always tried to draw a lot of meaning from my work and I was really enticed by whether there was any opportunities in this side of HOSPO. And this opportunity came up at Open Table to really look at what we were doing in APAC and that's how I've ended up here. Yeah, it's awesome. Excellent. How do you feel about, how do you feel you have a different perspective, not coming from the hospitality industry, coming to Open Table? I imagine there's some clear insights you've noticed with the fresh eyes that you have coming to the industry again. Yeah, and the first thing to say is you're never too old to learn. Like the last four or five months has been a, a really humbling experience. And I think thankfully I have been able to draw on some experience and perspective from other places that I hope is adding value in some places. I might start by saying one thing that I've noticed about this side of hospitality is I've, I've been reading a ton about the hospitality industry, Danny Myers, like setting mm. the table, like all of these books, anything I can get my hands on. And I thought it might just be rhetoric, but that whole concept of hospitality extends just beyond the server and the, the, the guest. It really goes throughout the whole industry. And I, boy, I've really experienced that. Like Good people trip over themselves to make introductions for you. I feel really grateful to be in service of the industry. At the same time, I think the perspectives I've got coming in, I think there might be a chance to leverage some of those and look at some stuff. I think the first thing I've noticed is I joined in June of this year, 2022, and I'm reluctant to say post-pandemic, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, the the yeah. period of time, mask mandate's gone. We were really coming back into things. And what it looked like to me is that 10 years of technological evolution in hospitality have been crunched into two years. I hear so many stories now of the number of venues that are choosing to just not have a phone. Like, first get rid of the fax machine, now it's getting rid of the phone. Mm. Really driving things fully online. So this digital revolution is really in flight. Went to the food service show recently. The first 10 booths are robots, robotic (laughs) solutions, and it's much spoken about the comeback of the QR code. Mm. So I think my perspective there is that I'd seen this happen in travel, this navigation of the digital revolution, because it's very much happening in hospitality right now. And perhaps one perspective I've got is that there might be an opportunity for our industry here now to try and get ahead of technology. So we've seen a greater adoption of technology. What tech is out there? How can we best adopt that as a business? I think there's a stage further to go, which is collectively as an industry, how do we get together, talk about the most intractable problems that we've got as a business and say, well, what demands do we have of technology to solve these things? And I'm going to be on the receiving end of this in a good way. It's the kind of pressure that we want as a business to say, hey, OpenTable, help us with this challenge that we've got. Can technology help us with these types of things? Mm. I think that's a perspective I've come in for, that I think we can demand more in this industry, and I would invite that kind of conversation. It's the role that we want to be able to play. When we initially talked about it and did some research together about wanting to have this podcast, especially as the last one of the year, which is really important, we'll talk about why that is at the end of the podcast. Like, Notice that OpenTable Australia has been pretty quiet of recent times, even though it's so well known and so identifiable in the booking scene. Can you explain as to why that's been the case? Yeah, I think from a brand marketing point of view, that's probably fair. And look, we're not gonna we're not gonna sugarcoat anything to say that the pandemic affected our business in the same way it did lots of businesses. 
And I think we did what a lot of businesses did too, which was to take the opportunity to take stock and say, what's our identity as a business? But crucially, how do we want to show up for the industry? We paused all subscription fees for the pandemic periods and we took the opportunity to listen. We went to industry. It's a little bit like what I was mentioning before. We went to industry and said, what can we best do to serve from a technology point of view? How can we empower you best? And what that resulted in is swathes and swathes. We want a little bit of a product development rampage. Swathes of product features. Maybe one example is we developed online waitlist. So you're a venue owner. It's Friday, 8 p.m. Your venue is full. You're busy. You're having to turn people away or you have gaggles of people waiting in the front porch. It's not a great look for the business overall. Mm. Online waitlist is, Sean, okay, great. What's your number? Good. Feel free to sit at the bar. We'll give you 50% off a cocktail. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? 50% yeah, off, that'd a, be awesome. off a cocktail. <laughs> Take a walk around the block, whatever it is. Mm. But when your table becomes available, maybe because of an earlier turn than you expected, single swipe of the button, Sean, your table is available, it's ready, come in. So there's a lot of smart technology and product developments that we put in place, more than 50 enhancements to features that we made during that period. Wow. And that's the angle that we wanted to take is like, how do we get more uh, effective so that when the industry does bounce back, we can play the role that we know we can play. The, we've got a new marketing team in place right now. They've got a new strategy. They're really ramping up on things. And while we did take a pragmatic view during the pa- pandemic and really take stock and make these product developments I was mentioning, our customers were, let's say, a little less pragmatic about their bounce back. As I was looking at the data, the first nine months of 2022 reservations through open table were up 150 percent versus 2019 wow so the brand is very well known as mentioning before about it's australia's most visited dining reservation site and that shows in the numbers and it we don't want to be quiet about the opportunity our partners have to work with us on being visible in that marketplace with data being so important in the hospitality industry right now like what data do you see is the most important moving forward for venue sustainability, I should Mm. say, because data is thrown at all these venues now that didn't have data before, right? What are you seeing as the most important? Yeah, it's actually a really important question, isn't it? Venue sustainability, sadly, it's one of the most important questions we've got in the industry right now. It's heartbreaking to see the number of businesses that are not getting over the hump right now. And we we want to know and I think the industry wants to know how it can best help in this situation also it's an interesting question because data is not the immediate thing you go to when you think of such existential threats to business you might think more of more operational things like we're cost cutting and the likes but I do think it's going to be the make or break for a lot of businesses mm. in terms of how well can you know your business such that you can be more operationally efficient, you can consolidate costs, increase your marketing reach, these types of things. It was a, it's a big source of business intelligence and data insight. We've got decades of search and dining data, 24 years of search and dining data when you think about it, wow. which we try to package up to help our partners make better decisions about their business. Um, we put out some work earlier in the year around Melbourneians dining habits that showed a strong trends towards an earlier preference for lunch, 10 till 12. Sounds kind of crazy, but 10 mm. till 12, strong move in that direction. Same with dinner shifts, 4, four till 7pm. 
putting that kind of data in the hands of our partners and helping them understand not just the context at the industry level, but also what that means for their venue is exactly what we're trying to do. I mentioned before about 20% of reservations being made within four hours of, of service. It's an important point to know when you're thinking about how to staff your venue and asking questions around when are my customers booking, how many people are coming, what should be my optimal table size that I set up, what should be my turn times. So I think there's not necessarily any silver bullet data points that are going to save venues, but I do think there is a lot of data out there that can help you understand your venue a lot more in context of how you operate in service already plus what the industry is doing in terms of customers searching. But OpenTable's partners own their own data, so our motto here really is that knowledge is power. We really want to put that knowledge in our partners' hands to understand their business so they can make the best decisions and then survive and then thrive through the next few months. It's interesting what you say about the Melbourne scene and that earlier lunch model. I was Only this week I was seeing some stuff in America that was coming out, and because so, there's so much more work from home, especially a place like LA, and San Francisco and New York mm-hmm. that's saying that people are eating dinner earlier mm-hmm. around there's a lot more increase in like a 4.30 or 5 o'clock dinner booking yep. for people who would not normally eat in that time, right? So I'm saying people under the age of 45 <laughs> who are eating earlier dinners and that's stuff like that. Time for me. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting how that how everything has shifted now post-pandemic and the way people are really shopping restaurants in a way, right? Like data is going to be... So yeah, important 100%. to understanding that. We need to remember as well that if you only open, let's say, on a Friday and a Saturday, it's taken extreme measure. It's hard for you to know as a venue without visibility of data as to whether you should be opening on those other days. But mm. not just the days you open, but the times that people are searching for. It's very common, for example, because of staffing probably, to close between, let's say, 3 and 5 p.m. Our data is going to show, do you know what? You've got 40% of your searches happen for a 4.45 p.m. sitting. Wow. They're going elsewhere right now. So that kind of thing can really help in saying, maybe I can staff against that. So the shifting of patterns of consumer demands, I think pandemic has accelerated a lot of that. And I think the data can help show how you can take advantage of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, just further from that, like how are you seeing venues and brands using booking systems differently rather than before the pandemic, like what's the data showing at OpenTable? Yeah, probably the first piece of context is of the tens of thousands of reservation-taking venues in Australia, the number one technology provider remains pen and paper. Mm. So this is an evolutionary thing, but it is moving much faster. We talked about that before. I think the other thing is that that things are changing fast with digital transformation like we see, but I was also reading something the other day to say the average lifespan for a restaurant in Australia is four and a half years which is, it seems pretty low, right? One of the things that that results in is that you get high turnover of ownership. Combine that with the fact that owners are getting younger, they're trending a little bit younger, that means they're more digitally native, you are seeing this acceleration much faster. Use of booking systems being different is partly driven by that. I think there is an ownership appreciation of technology and how to embrace that. It's also been driven by customers' behaviours. When you think about perhaps your individual behaviours, not just to do dining out, but probably any type of e-commerce, we're all searching for a lot more certainty post-pandemic than we were pre-pandemic. We make bookings for things that really you look back on as, I didn't need to book for this, I'm the only one here. (laughs) But we're looking for that certainty. I've got a booking, it's in there. and certainly happening in the world of restaurants. 
And why that's important is because restaurants now are not just seeing booking systems. Gone are the days where we need a partner to help us bring a booking, it comes through in technology, and then we're going to manually manage that on the floor. The expectations are so much higher now. So the Mm. booking systems are becoming system of record, integrating seamlessly with point of sale, so that the booking comes in, then it's managed in venue, there's the tagging and the marketing that comes off the back of that as well. So I think the expectations have gone up, like I say, and I think owners are demanding a lot more from tech. The other thing is that you ask about how are venues using booking systems differently. It's also to do with the type of venues that are using booking systems. You wouldn't necessarily expect your pubs and your cafes to be using these in the same way that maybe fine dining restaurants would be. But I was looking at the data for the first nine months of this year, and from a consumer demand point of view, in the top 10 sit pubs and cafes, whereas pre-pandemic, those two were both outside the top 25. So the types of venues that are being searched and demanded for is translating into the types of venues that are now using that technology as well. Wow. So, yeah, there's a more breadth of impact across the whole industry. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. I've, I've said this to you before, but, like, the fact that people are booking for cafes on a regular basis now, like in pubs on a regular basis now, mind-blowing to me. When I think of that five years ago, and obviously Open Table's been around for 24 years. I, even, I didn't realise it was that long. Apologies. But you only think about it with fine dining. You only think about it with the high end. And now people are so normalised to book every single place they go and the friction point is so low and to make sure that experience is really good. That's what I love about Open Tables, the fact that you can search for your favourite restaurant but you can also look at other venues and that kind of stuff that are in your local area. Yeah, we try to appeal to a broad basis of the industry. We've certainly got elements of our technology that can be applicable for whatever type of venue you are. And I think that... We're probably, the age we're at, we're probably thinking of a pub being a very different thing to to, to what it was in the past to what it is now. There's yeah. a high gastro element to a lot of the pubs that are out there, and we see that in a lot of the group corporate moves that get made. And even with cafes, it's not just booking anything. It's not like, can I book a table so I can spend 20 minutes and drink a cup of coffee? We're mentioning, it was off air, but we're mentioning about working from cafes. There's, mm. there's a high trend towards that right now where people want to spend an hour and a half and they do, they are being respectful of, look, I'm going to bring my laptop, but I'm also going to order three coffees and I'd love a sandwich and a pastry as well. And to do that and leave you at the comfort of your home for that, you want the certainty that not just that you get a table, but that on an open table, for example, you can Mm. specify the dining area that you want to be in. Venues are cottoning onto that. Mm. They're saying work applicable area, outside, inside, charging station nearby. And it's really another avenue for hospitality to think about being hospitable in a different way than just the transactional thing of we give you a drink and you drink it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's discoverability as well. And that's what I really like about it. Absolutely. With a potentially challenging market ahead, when we talk about venue revenue, how best does something like Open Table optimize revenue in a venue with a booking system like Open Table, like you mentioned before, just about how it's leveling up in regards with different service periods and those kind of things? But what else in a challenging environment can you disdain? Yeah, it's easy to say it's hard to do. Simple things are hard, right? But Mm. I think the three things I mentioned early on I think are really important. If I was opening a venue now, I'd be thinking about I need my marketing reach to be as broad as it possibly can be. Where are the potential diners for my restaurant and how do I capture them? I've got my own channels, but who can I partner with to get eyeballs onto my venue and really show them what I've got? So I think... Visibility in the marketplace is a 
really important thing. Who are you partnering with and what technology do you have there? Then there's how do I best autom- automate and optimize my shift management? There are so many manual elements that need to be remembered by staff. And what we so often hear is that, especially with the staff shortages, the best people in venue are having to do things quite manually and it's taking them away from doing what they do best, which Mm. is being hospitable. So how can I automate as many things about the shift management process that, that I can mitigate some of those staff shortages that can result in higher revenue capture because it's a better experience for the customers and there's a lot just happening in the background for me. And then it's, all of these things are happening, but how do I get the best access to data and insights? I really need to understand my business. I have an idea of how shifts are going. I have an idea of what service looks like, but really it's pretty crazy and I need to see that afterwards. And we try and help and provide a digital imprint of that. Yeah, I like to think of this as an example. Let's say you're an owner of of a venue it's 7 p.m weekend service you're washing glasses you're just about to hit your peak and unbeknownst to you online there's a maybe a cancellation or a change of party size well we've got what we call reflow technology in our table management system that's going to automatically adjust your floor plan settings and table assignments so that you don't have to do the manual version of events which is stay on top of any change that's happening in service while you're trying to be hospitable Mm. with your customers do all that and also re-put that availability back up online and actually make it bookable again. There are some table management systems out there that will force you to block tables in service, but OpenTables technology will keep that open, knowing that 20% of reservations are made within four hours of service, and a lot of that happens in the last 90 minutes. So being able to grab every dollar. What the table management system will also do is help you automatically, like a digital version capture, an insight of who your guests are. Tagging, VIPs, who are my regulars, what are the table preferences, dietary requirements, those kind of things. Reduces a burden on the staff to be able to have to remember those things and automates a lot of that in a digital way. So amongst other things, that's helping kind of maximise the value of those diners. And then increasing the likelihood of those diners returning is mostly about the business intelligence that the open table has got. Two parts to that as well. There's powerful CRM functionality that means in a set-and-forget way you can, let's say you have people that have dined with you in the last 12 months but not in the last 90 days. Email marketing can go out to them. We miss you, come back in, free cocktail on arrival, birthday campaigns, high spender campaigns. Your database can be cut with your data in any way that you want. Wow. And it's worth thousands of dollars of incremental revenue in a very much a set-and-forget way very resource light way of doing things Mm. uh, as well. The final thing I think to mention on the increasing the likelihood of people coming back to to, to dine with you is to say anything that happens in service is packaged up into industry-leading analytics. So let's say you actually had this. I'll use an example. We had a a customer that came to us and said, we, pre-pandemic, we had a 7 p.m. and a 9 p.m. sitting. We're a bit confused as to why there's not much happening in the 9pm sitting. We're just not getting the occupancy that we wanted to get. They looked in the system and sure enough, they had two hour turn times set in the system. And the reporting from OpenTable said, we know what's happening in service for you. And we can tell you that your two and your four tops, on average, are actually sitting for an hour and 35 minutes. So what the venue was able to do was look at the sequence of service, take a little look at the menu, some set menu items trim that together and actually have hour and a half turn times, 5.30, 7pm, 8.30, 
And obviously you're going from two to three, which is a big increase in revenue, but also you're bringing back that 9pm sitting to 8.30, so their occupancy went up greatly as well. Just one example, like it's the reality of what happens in service when all the mayhem's going on, (laughs) packaged up into analytics to to really help your business. So the three things, deliver more diners, maximise the value of those diners, and increase the likelihood of them returning. All of that kind of just helps save venues time and increases revenue. We often talk about, we hear from restaurant owners saying that I feel like a CIO now. I'm a chief information officer. I need a really clear digital view of who my customers are. And it's hard to do that subjectively. So having a technology partner that can help you understand your business and what the realities are, capitalize on some of those trends in the market. I think those three things, whilst not easy to do, are the simple basis points for being able to survive and then thrive in the coming months and years. Yeah, of course. I think you're exactly right. Like we just hit on three years ago, like the biggest outside of something like Open Table, like the most technology that most people had inside their venues was their point of sale. Right. And that was it. And now we have so many different functions of the hospitality industry which are digitized and so many different dashboards and things we can look for. The thing I love about Open Table, why anecdotally so many people are telling me that they're continuing with Open Table and moving to Open Table is the fact they trust it and they know the service element is there and they know they can understand the data that's actually been there because there's no point in having a whole heap of data if you can't actually do anything with that data and actually utilize it to better your venue. Yeah, 100%. There's not much point paying a tech provider for a database and a floor plan that's on a screen. That's not what it's about. It's about how do I monetize against those things? So mm. what is the system giving back to me that actually helps me change and optimize my, my, my shift patterns and mitigate against some of the things that we see that are a big challenge for the industry right now? And this is exactly what we're trying to do to empower the industry. Mm. Uh, my final question to you is, I know you can't tell me too much because <laughs> competitors might be listening, uh, Drew, but... What is the brand looking forward to for 2023? Can you tell us about any kind of new product releases that you're doing, anything exciting that's coming up for the Australian market? So much stuff, Sean, if only I could tell you. (laughs) um, Look, Overall, next year we want to set ourselves up for a big year in terms of the positive impact we want to have with empowering partners to survive and thrive. I know I've said that a lot, but it's, it's an important thing for us because we are here in service of what they're trying to do through technology. We're going to place a massive emphasis on listening. It wasn't just a, hey, pandemic, let's start listening thing. Mm-hmm. Locally in Australia, we really want to engage with industry in an even more meaningful way than we have been so far. We're very eager to engage in that way. We want to add value through insights and data. There will be product developments. There will be more integrations that happen. We're focused on the most impactful ones there. The other thing is that we're in a unique position where there's two sides to our brand, right? The B2C side, the diner marketplace, and the B2B side where we're providing the technology for restaurants. Why that's important to call out is that we're in a relatively unique position to stimulate diner demand overall. It's easy to forget when we're in the fishbowl of the industry that dining out is a discretionary spending choice amongst many others that are not necessarily related to eating. Mm. If you and I go out after we're finished recording here, we might go strike bowling, we might (laughs) go to the movies, we might eat out, we might not. We might go past Coles on the way home and eat at home. So we're in a position where we can actually try and help build the size of the pie for the industry overall. So we're going to put a lot of effort into the B2C side of things to try and support the industry and actually grow the pie and not just slices of pie. Um, from a team point of view as well, we've got a commitment to be even more hyper-localised in, in our support. So you're going to see us continuing to involve in that way as well. 
I can't wait to see uh, what you guys are going to do next year and the years forward. Like obviously with such a legacy brand as you have, but being optimised for for what you're going to do in the future and really change the progression of what OpenTable is going to offer. It's really exciting point in the brand. Exciting time to be here. And yeah, like I say, really excited to be in service of the industry during mm. this important time. So what's the best way that people can find out more about OpenTable, get it in their venue, understand a bit more? I'd say, first of all, you can visit restaurant.opentable.com.au. You can read about the services. You can make a connection with our local restaurant expert that's in your area so you can hear more about what we do, including our flexible pricing. Check us out on Instagram, OpentableAU. Some pretty cool stuff happening there. I'm also happy for people to reach out directly to me with any conversation points they want to continue. I'm on dbowering at opentable.com. Beautiful. So that's going to be linked up in the show notes of this podcast as well. And one thing before we finish off, so OpenTable is going to be looking after us for the summer series. So this is the last episode of season 13, and then we're going to hit 10 episodes, 10 weeks in a row of the best episodes of 2022. And OpenTable is gladly sponsoring that for those 10 weeks. So that's going to go from the middle of December till February. So make sure you check out everything about OpenTable. But for now, thanks so much, Drew, for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Sean. It was a pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We're making this content with the industry in mind, so you know that we'd really appreciate you sharing along to those that you know. And if you don't know us at Poke, Sash, my co-founder from Principle Design, has one of the best design agencies in Australia. So if you're looking for anything around strategy, branding, digital design, wayfinding and graphic design, you can find them at principledesign.com.au and myself at Open Pantry Consulting and 42 Days for Hospitality Advisory and Training Systems. Links in the bio to check us out there as well. Thanks so much for tuning to this episode and for listening to us all year. Please catch our next 10 favorite episodes for 2022 over the next 10 weeks proudly supported by Open Table Australia. And until next time, thanks so much from all of us here at Poe and have a very happy holiday season. Today's ethos is to build solutions for hospitality businesses to retain and develop their team. We believe that the first 42 days, the first six weeks of someone's employment in any industry, but especially the world of hospitality, is so competitive, fast-paced and intense. We have an opportunity to reshape that narrative. Our team has extensive experience in the hospitality industry so we know what it takes to keep your team happy and engaged. We'll work with you every step of the way to create a plan that works best for your business. Go to 42days.co to book a consultation.